Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Authors on a Podcast Talking Books. I'm your host, David Walters. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with author Tim Meyer. Tim dwells in the dark cave near the Jersey Shore. He's an author, husband, father, podcast host, blogger, coffee connoisseur, beer enthusiast, and explorer of worlds. He writes horror, mysteries, science fiction, and thrillers, although he prefers to blur genres and let the story fall where it may. Tim is the author of several novels, including Kill Hill Carnage, The Switch House, In the House of Mirrors, Limbs, A Love Story, and the upcoming horror thriller Dead Daughters, which hit shelves on April 16th from Poltergeist Press. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Meyer. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so how was, uh, how was Jersey this evening? Uh, pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. Nothing crazy happening yet. That's good. It's, st- it's still early, though. Even though it's late, it's still early. <laughs> I just say, I guess anything can happen after eight o'clock, right? <laughs> In Jersey, yes, that yeah. is absolutely true. <laughs> so, do you live kind of like on the outskirts of Jersey? I live um, kind of right on the Jersey Shore, actually. Um, I grew up in Tom's River, New Jersey, okay. uh, and now I live like thirty minutes south from there. So, I gotcha. So, uh, so, so I guess, have you ever been an extra on the Jersey Shore? It's not that. No, <laughs> although I have, admittedly, I have frequented a lot of the places that they've uh, filmed at. So, okay. in my younger years, I, I can't, I can't go to like clubs anymore. It's too taxing <laughs> on my body. <laughs> See, that's like they, they've got the, uh, I think it's the Florabama Shore or the, it's something like that uh, down, uh, kind of like the which is the Florida Bama line uh, where I'm at. So I'm in Alabama. So I, I don't really frequent that area much anymore. <laughs> just, just because MTV films there. So I'm like, you know, yeah. it's not really, not really cool anymore. I'm done. <laughs> it, it's probably best to stay away from those locations. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> um, so we were talking a little off air. We we're talking about kind of, uh, kind of our enjoyment of, of a good beer. Uh, so it says that you're a beer enthusiast. So what, uh, I guess what kind of got you into that? Um, man, I don't even know what started it, but, um, well, actually in New Jersey, we have a ton of craft breweries, like really small microbreweries, mm-hmm. and they've kind of been popping up all over the place. Um, and I was always like casual beer drinker, but, um, since they've been kind of coming out, I've just been like going to a lot of them and, uh. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy sampling the different kinds. I'm mostly an IPA guy, okay. so that's like my uh, my sweet spot. But um, I'll there's really nothing I won't drink. <laughs> <laughs> See, I uh, I can't do the IPAs. We've got we've got some uh, we've got some microbreweries here, and I feel like I feel like yeah, they, they just kind of continue to pop up all over the place. But oh, they're that's all crazy. They're all about 20, 20, 25 minutes from where I'm at, but. Uh, the only IPA that I could say that I actually enjoyed was called uh, it's called a Snake Handler. Uh, hmm. Is that uh, our brewery called Good People puts out, and it's a double IPA. Um, so it's like one of those you could drink one, and you're like, you know, I really probably should have eaten before I drink this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got like ten percent. Yeah, it's like ten or eleven. It's it's nuts. Oof, uh, brutal. Yeah, I really don't mess with those too much. I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of the uh, New England IPAs, like the hazy, juicy kind of IPAs. Okay. Um, those are are my favorite. I gotcha. Yeah, I've got some buddies that drink them, and it's just uh, it's an acquired taste, and I just I haven't gotten it. I uh, I was telling you, I'm big on sours, and we've got one that's a uh, 
It's from our brewery called Avondale, and they do – it's called a Sour Pash, and so it's like passion fruit. Okay. Uh, which I, I love I love sour candy, so it kind of like helps <laughs> get away from the candy and still have the calories, you know? So Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and also get some of the buzz if you can have a couple down, but it's usually my summer beer. So I, I've posted some pictures on Instagram of, uh, of my love of Sour Pash, so – that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's you know, but again, it's one of those things where it's, I'm not, you know, we're, I'm trying to, to to stay off them for at least a little while. <laughs> yes, you always need a beer break. So yeah. I'm on one right now as well. So maybe maybe we can uh, we can keep tabs on each other, make sure we're yeah. hanging out and not drinking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, so first off, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about uh, growing up in Jersey and uh, I guess going through school and any hobbies you had outside of school. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I grew up in Tom's River, New Jersey, where I spent the first like 25 years of my life. Um, I was uh, I was a big reader growing up, but um, I was more of a sports kid. Actually, I played a lot of sports, um, mostly basketball and soccer. Those were my two go to's. Um, mostly basketball though. I was like a huge basketball fan and, um, I was pretty good at it. Soccer, not so much, but basketball was definitely my sport. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I played a lot of sports growing up, um, being on the Jersey shore. I went to the beach a lot. Although now that I'm older, I can't stand the beach, which is like weird Mm -hmm. since I live like 10 minutes from it. Um, but yeah, I haven't been to the beach probably in about like 15 years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I can't stand it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much my life growing up on the Jersey shore, uh, uh school. Um, you know, I went to, to elementary school in, in Tom's river, high school in Tom's river, I uh, went to community college for a few years, uh, and then I went to, right into working. So, um, yeah. What was the other thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that, that's kind of it. Did uh, did uh, you did you go to college, or did you just basically start working after high school? Or, or? I, uh, I went to community college. There's um, Ocean County College in Tom's River, actually. So okay. it's a small community college, just a two year college. And uh, I went there, and then after that, I, I went for journalism, which was probably not the best degree to try and pursue. <laughs> um, but I had actually wanted to go to film school out of uh, high school because film was like my my big love. I'd wanted always wanted to like write and direct my own movies. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, got accepted into LA film school, but uh, couldn't get the funds together to to go to that. So. Uh, I ended up just staying local and um, I tried film in in the community college, but they didn't really offer a whole lot mm-hmm. in terms of a program. So I ended up switching to journalism and uh, yeah, that was, that was it. And then I just got a job and working in uh, retail management and that kind of just, I just kind of, moved my way up through a company and that's actually where I'm still working at today. So, okay. Well, you mean, you mean you didn't have the funds to go out to LA and yeah, it was expensive. (laughs) It was like, uh, I think the school itself was like 
60 grand a year. And I think it was only like a two year program. And at the end of it, you didn't even really get a degree. So, um, when I went to my mom actually to see if she would co-sign a loan, she just kind of like laughed at me. Um, <laughs> because it was just, it was just a crazy amount of money for like no degree, which I mean, you get a certificate of completion, which I guess is in film school terms. That's kind of the same thing as getting a degree. So, right. but she was old school and, uh, she wanted me to get like an actual degree. So <laughs> you get an actual yeah. degree and an actual job and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so an actual diploma. But, <laughs> it all worked out though. It all worked out. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm sure it's just kind of like a resume builder is really all it is that you're paying, you know, almost, you know, 120 K for. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, all right. So basically I went to nursing school and then I had to pay all these student loans back. And, uh, but I have, a piece of paper that says I went here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotcha. So, um, so, so you said you're in retail management. So, uh, I guess that you said you've been doing that since you graduated from college. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I've worked like a dozen different jobs and, uh, just the company I work for now is just the one that I've been at the longest. Um, so like, I'm, I'm kind of not stuck there, but I'm kind of stuck there. So oh you got fast and furious going on outside of your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't um, worry. I, I, I'm just waiting for my neighbor to, uh, to crank up his Dodge Ram outside of my window. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. We just, we just got new neighbors. And, uh, so we're, so we're like on a cul-de-sac and basically our, our lot takes up like half of it. And so we oh. had these like four basement homes next to us and they just moved in over the weekend and we're sitting there kind of going, all right, so we're going to fill them out a little bit, and they've been kind of like parking in front of the yard. I'm like, okay, it's okay for the weekend, you know, and then now they've got this Dodge Ram out front, and I'm like, man, if they get up before five every day, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're up at like 5.15 every morning anyway, but huh. yeah, my, my wife's a first grade teacher, and she's got about a 30-minute drive every morning, so she's up and at them. Oh wow! Well, I say I say she's up and at him. I'm up and at him, and then she gets up to go to work. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm the one making the coffee and, and the lunches and stuff like that. So there you go. Yeah, yeah I uh, I usually wake up pretty early too, just because. Um, I mean, my wife likes to like sleep in late, and she owns her own business and she makes her own hours, so uh, she could really sleep in whenever she wants depending on my schedule. Yeah. But um, I usually wake up early because I like to work out in the morning and then I like to write before everybody else gets up. There you go. And so I'm usually up at five and then I have to take my kid to school around eight. So I use that time to, to work out and write. I gotcha. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing about it is like when I get home from work, I, I don't really feel like, you know, lifting weights or anything. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I just need to give, give myself like an extra half hour <laughs> and just yeah, power through it in the morning. Yeah. Cause I'm the same way. Sometimes when I get home from work, I just, I don't want to do anything except just veg out. So yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I find a good book, catch up on a show something, yep. you know, just to, to get my mind off of the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so as far as, uh, as far as writing, um, did you, I guess, did you write during high school? Did you start writing in college? Or is that something that came later on, I guess, with your wanting to do film? Uh, so writing's always kind of been with me. Um, my earliest memory of writing something was uh, 
probably in the fourth grade when um, our teacher gave us an assignment to write a novel, which would consist of uh, like 10 pages, a paragraph on each page. And uh, each page had to also have an illustration on it. So, um, of course, I didn't know this, but apparently it was supposed to be based on a true story. And I decided to write a book about my friends and I taking a a helicopter ride to a island populated by dinosaurs. Um, So and things didn't really turn out that well for us. And uh, some of us got eaten. And I remember... (laughs) very vividly drawing very uh, graphic depictions of us getting torn apart by these dinosaurs. And like, this is the fourth grade. So like, I'm pretty sure I freaked my teacher out. Yeah. And um, I don't remember having to like go to the principal's office or anything, but I do remember them like calling my parents very concerned. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so that was like my earliest memory. And like I said, I've always been a reader. Um, I mean, in grade school, I was really into R.L. Stein and the the Goosebump books. Like I devoured those things. So that was kind of where where my love for storytelling and horror kind of uh, began. And then, um, then, yeah, later on, I actually got more into comic books. So I, I wanted to be like a comic book writer or a comic book artist. And uh, I also found out I couldn't really draw that well. <laughs> so I, I abandoned that hobby very quickly. Um, but I still I still love comic books. I still read comic books. And uh, I've, I've always wanted to, like, write in that medium as well. And then later on, probably in high school is when I really got into film and studying film. And I wanted to be a screenwriter. Uh, so, yeah, and then after after high school when I realized that I couldn't go to California and uh, be a, be a big time filmmaker. I, uh, I went back to, to writing um, prose, like short stories. And I, throughout those times, I also kind of went back and I always tried to like start writing a novel, but I just never finished it. Mm-hmm. So um, like writing prose was always in there. Just, it didn't come out until probably I was like in my early twenties when I started getting very serious about it. I gotcha. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think we can all, uh, you know, look back and, at the Goosebumps books, especially kind of around our age. Uh, I, I remember the little scholastic book tours that would like come oh, to school. That was like the best day of the year. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you get that little catalog and you like start, start circling around what you wanted. <laughs> oh, it was the best. I think my mom hated it, but oh, cause I, I always had like 30 bucks on there. I just wanted to buy, but I know. Right. I, I could only get like two. It was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, I remember because I, I wasn't like a huge reader until probably like fourth grade. But then like as soon as like I started seeing those and I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have this one. And I've read the other like 50 in this series, you know, and uh, I think that's that's kind of like when I started getting into video games, too. So they have like Tony Hawk Pro Skater that was like on the PC. And I go, oh, my gosh, I can get games, too. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, video games. I was I was big into video games too. So around that time, it was uh, like Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, so it was like there. It was like the early '90s. So yeah, I was big into like Super Nintendo, and then later like N64. That was that was my favorite system. Yeah, yeah. See, I I, I always it was like nostalgic like moments. Like I, it's not an everyday thing, but I was like, you know, I've got all these consoles. I need to do something. So in my office, I bought an entertainment unit oh, and I have like, yeah. all of my systems set up in it. 
And uh-huh. literally after I got them all done, I played like 10 or 15 minutes on one. They go, you know, I need to go do X, X or, you know, X or O or whatever. And then I haven't touched it again. And that was like a month ago. Oh, uh, man. It's just one of those things that, man, you just like, you get this automatic, like nostalgic moment. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go play that. And then you do. And you're like, well, I mean, that was fun, but. Yeah, it comes in bursts. I'm, it I'm does. like, it's like I have grown up things I'm gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> that I was is like, true. I was like, I've got, I've got dog Leo to take care of. I think I need to take the garbage out. So I'm like, <laughs> why, why am I sitting here playing in 64? But yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. I, I that's that's kind of the console I grew up on. I mean, I had Super Nintendo, and when I was like super young, and my dad kind of introduced me to you know like Mario Kart and Zelda. Mm. And then, man, the N64 came out, and that was, like, everything. It was yeah, that, Ocarina that was of Time. And, yeah, it was it was awesome. Super Smash Brothers. I mean, oh, yeah. It's amazing. Um, so uh, so you're saying a little bit about Arl Stein. Kind of you were big into reading the Goosebumps books. Would you say he's kind of uh, an influence, or would you say that you've got, I guess, more, like, deeper-rooted influences into kind of your writing style and getting you into really fully-fledged novel writing? Uh, I mean, Arlstein is definitely the, um, like the spark that started it all. And then kind of a few years later, um, when my, uh, mom kind of took us to the library, like every day during the summer, um, I got really into Michael Crichton books and Peter Benchley novels. And, uh, I devoured those. I must've read like jaws and the beast like over and over again all summer long um and then that also kind of sparked the interest in writing and telling stories and uh then later it became stephen king clive barker um robert mccammon was huge too later on uh and then in terms of style um Probably in like 2005, 2006, I read uh, like Brian Keene's The Rising. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like a mind-blowing book for me too because the way uh, Keene writes is very um, accessible. And uh, I don't know, it was just like a different writing style that I, I hadn't, hadn't really seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of also really sparked like, hey, I can, I can write this kind of stuff too. Yeah. And um, that was a big one for me. I gotcha. Yeah, um, I actually had the opportunity to meet Robert McCammon uh, back in November. Um, it's it's kind of funny. So, like, growing growing up in Birmingham, I had absolutely no idea he lived in Vestavia, which is, like, 20 minutes from me. Oh, wow. And, uh, and he's, he's kind of, like, super hard to get in touch with. Like, you kind of have to go through the guy who does his social media. I think his name is Hunter Goatley. I think yeah, name. yeah. Um, and, uh, Hank Early, who's, uh, John Mantooth is, is, uh, is his real name, but he, 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 he writes under Hank Early. He, uh, did this, uh, Noir at the Bar event a couple of years ago and, and decided to re-up it last year. So, like, uh, Nathan Ballingrad was there who wrote Wounds and, uh, North American Lake Monsters is supposed to be on Hulu as well. And, uh, and somehow got Robert McCammon to be there and, uh, Jeff Strand was there and Andy Davidson and it was, it was, oh, a, wow. pretty, it was a pretty neat event, but yeah, just kind of seeing like, you know, one of, one of like the horror writers, you know, that you always see his name come up. Yeah. Uh, it, w- it was pretty awesome. And to hear, you know, he's, he's influenced so many writers is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I was actually in, in an anthology with him 
this past year in 2019, um, Midnight in the Graveyard yeah, yeah, yeah. from Silver Shamrock. And it was like, it was just an awesome feeling just having one of my stories in the same book as him. It was just an unreal kind of moment. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so what, what would you, I guess you say like so far as your, is your highlight of your writing career, would you say that is, or is there, is there another, like, what, like maybe releasing your first book or. I guess um, yeah. I mean that the McCammon thing is obviously huge, just like on a personal level because of what his writing has meant to me right. uh, throughout the years. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, if there's like another <laughs> big thing. Uh, I mean, my first novel that I wrote, um, it was originally called demon blood enlightenment. Now it's just enlightenment. Um, that I actually tried to get published traditionally. Uh, it didn't happen, but um, Journalstone Publishing, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. They had a uh, contest back in 2012 uh, for horror novels, and I entered it in that, and it actually placed in the top 10. Uh, and that was like my first, the first novel that I ever really completed. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of huge for me. That's actually what kind of started this whole thing because if that didn't pan out to be anything then i probably would have quit or not have really pursued um publishing after that so i would say that's probably probably the biggest thing that's happened in my writing career to say i mean the the fact that if it didn't pan out you were gonna finish i would imagine that'd be pretty high up there (laughs) yeah so and you actually turned that into a trilogy is that right I did. Yeah. I, um, a few years later I went back cause I, I left the book, the first book on kind of a cliffhanger with kind of no intention to really write another one. But, um, the response when I put it out, I eventually ended up uh, self publishing it. Um, and like the response was overwhelmingly good, which was again, surprising to me at the time. And, uh, so people like wanted another book. So I was like, whatever, I'll just write a second one. And then I wrote a third one and, uh, that's, that's it. No more demon blood books. <laughs> Stop knocking on my door. No more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they're fun books. I, I enjoy them for what they are. Yeah. I gotcha. Uh, so where do you typically find yourself writing? Do you have a, do you have an office in your home or do you just kind of write where you're, where you can, when you can, or do you have to kind of go outside of the home and, write in a coffee shop or uh i can i'm one of those people who can write wherever it doesn't really matter um i do have an office in the house that's kind of full of books and and video games and movies so it's a little cramped in there a little distracting Um, yeah so it's not the most like comfortable place to write uh, plus, I, have, I bought this weird, crazy desk that's uh, also a desk and a bookshelf like combo, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a little weird. I think I need a new desk. I need like, a whole new setup in here. So <laughs> I uh, I don't really write in here too much. I'll usually just write at the kitchen table, um, just because of the way the seats are. I don't know. I'm weird when I type. Like I need to be like higher than the keyboard, right. and the, the desk in my office is lower. So it, it's like uncomfortable for me to type. So the kitchen table is actually perfect. Okay. So I do most of my writing there. Uh, occasionally I will go to like a, a Panera or uh, even the local library. Sometimes I'll just go there and write for a few hours. 
Yeah, I can imagine a Panera is a little bit quieter than a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially when you go at like early in the morning when there's nobody there. Yeah, 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 and, and, and it's funny. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that they ride at a library. I don't. I just don't feel like anybody goes to the libraries anymore. But I assume people have to because there's still libraries. So. Yeah, you know it's crazy. The last few times I've gone into my local library, and I don't live in a huge town either. I live in a, like, a pretty small town, but um. It was really busy in there. There was a lot of people in there, and it wasn't just like um, it, it was. It was just like a very mixed group of people. It was. Uh, it was interesting. It wasn't like a school field trip or anything. No, but there were kids in there. There was, um, you know, teenagers. There was um, middle aged older people. Like it was just like a, a big mixture. I don't know. I, maybe they were having some sort of event, but it was like. I, I was surprised how busy it was. And it was like a Tuesday afternoon. It wasn't like a weekend or anything. Right. That's interesting. So, yeah, they, they just opened uh I guess I guess actually the library moved to like a bigger building in my hometown, which we, we live in a pretty pretty small town. I mean, it was like one of Alabama's fastest growing cities for like a year, but I think it pretty much plateaued. But uh yeah, and and, and it's just so weird because I drive by and there's always cars in the parking lot and I go, People actually, around here actually read? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, cause, cause, like, I, I feel like, you know, just looking around, like, you just don't see people cracking open books, uh, like, especially like when I go down to the beach or something, people are just drinking and getting in the water. I don't see anybody with their Kindles or, you know, yeah. cover or anything. So, it, you know, I, I feel like all the people that read are outside of my state or across the across the pond. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it feels like that, but I don't know. There's a uh... I think people are, are still reading. Obviously, people are still reading. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're just closet readers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me a little bit about your writing process. Are you a plotter or are you a pantser? Uh, I do both, kind of, depending on the project. Um, honestly, every time I've set out to write a novel, it's been like almost a completely different experience. Um, yeah, I, the first novel I wrote, The Enlightenment, uh, did not plot it out at all, completely pants the whole thing. Uh, and it ended up being like a 180,000 word novel Jeez. just cause I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really know like where to stop. And it was the first thing I had ever really completed. So it ended up being a, a pretty, pretty big book. Um, and then I kind of go through phases. So I think after that I started plotting out some of the stuff and then I, I'd go, get bored of that and I'd go back and, and pants it. But it, right now it really depends on, on what I'm working on. Um, like dead daughters was completely plotted out just because it's a very, uh, twisty turny novel and it has a lot of, um, you know, plot twists. So I right. needed to have all those planned out and I needed to kind of see where I was going. So I didn't like trip over myself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I kind of go back and forth with I it. And I, and I feel like limbs was probably plotted out as well. Um, Cause it's, no, it's a little dusty. Yeah. That wasn't plotted out at all. Really? Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, that one was, that was just, that was a weird one for me because I had the idea and I just kind of started writing it. And that was the fastest book I've ever written. I think um, I started writing it in maybe August and I think it went to it got published in 
February the next year. It was like super fast. Uh, But I had the whole book kind of plotted out in my head. Mm -hmm. So I guess I kind of did plot it out, (laughs) but just not on paper, not in an official capacity. Right, right. And and it's funny how you said that that was a weird one for you because it was a weird one for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of the stranger things I've written. It might be one of the strangest things anybody's ever written. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. At least, at least based on based on what I've read. <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome. it's pretty strange. Wow. Yeah, but I'll in a good way. Like I really enjoyed it. It's just it's really <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it uh, it definitely is. But it's um, you know, that's one of my favorite things I've written too, which is mm. is pretty funny. Um, because they're even though it's out there and a little far fetched. Mm-hmm. Though not too far fetched because uh, that that's an actual thing that that happens. Right. Um, there's some scenes in there that are like actually based off real events. <laughs> uh, so I'm not gonna say which ones they are. But <laughs> there's some stuff in there that's that's based on on true true stories. Um, in but your yeah, life or just be- around you. The what? I said in your life or around you. Uh both. <laughs> We'll say both. Yeah, we'll go with that. Maybe we can talk about that off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was it was a fun little novel to write, um, and it holds a special place in my heart. And also, like, I got a lot of good feedback from that one too. Yeah, just from um, you know people. One was uh, <laughs> one was somebody who actually had a crotomophilia, mm-hmm. and they were. Uh, they told me like how close it was to reality for them, which was, which sounds odd, but it was very like, I don't know. I got like warm fuzzies from it. Uh, Cause like, I guess it, for me, it, it meant that I, I did the right thing and I, it just worked out that way. I don't know, but I do love that book. It's a good book. It's a fun book. And I enjoyed writing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, um, you know, I kind of was brought in just based on the cover uh, alone and just kind of reading the synopsis. I was like, well, that sounds really interesting. And I was still kind of getting into horror, like reading horror, because uh, I kind of got introduced to it. I mean, of course, I read some Sting, like uh, Stephen King early on. I read a little bit of Dean Koontz early on, which is just kind of, this is almost kind of like vanilla horror. But, um, but like I started reading like Keelan Patrick Burke and mm. uh, a little bit of Brian Keene and kind of that crowd. And I was like, all right, well this one kind of popped up. I think, uh, I think Sadie uh, mother horror, like it reposted it or something. And I was like, well, I'll check that out. So yeah, I was like <laughs> one of the, one of the ones I think that had gotten a copy and, and, and got a review up for you, but oh, that's yeah, awesome, man. But yeah, it's a, it, it's a fantastic little read. And yeah, if you're, if you're looking for something that's, that's out there, it's, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> one to check out and it's, and it's got it's got some nice uh, nice twists in it that, uh, that that I think everybody would appreciate. So cool, yeah. Well, absolutely. thank you, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so tell us a little bit. Of, uh, I guess some of your some of your newer novels. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about just a just a couple of them. But can you tell us a little bit about Kill Hill Carnage. I've seen it uh, around for the I guess the past what couple of years. Um, uh, just like from people posting it on social media and so forth, uh, kind of being, I guess, one of those, I guess, what'd you call it, like a B-horror movie type books? 
Yeah, it's essentially like a love letter to those those awesome 1980s creature feature um, slashers. Kind of, it's kind of a mashup between a creature feature and a slasher. Um, but yeah, it came out in 2017 through uh, Sinister Grin Press, and um, it's it's about a group of kids who kind of explore this abandoned campsite that uh, was. Um, there was a massacre that took place there 25 years prior and uh, they get there and they realize that there's still traces of what happened 25 years ago left behind. And uh, they basically, they end up meeting up with a uh, hitman who's there to clean up some of the mess that was left behind. And they kind of just get sucked into this wild, wild night. And it kind of cuts back and forth between things that happened back then and and the current timeline and uh as the novel unfolds you kind of you get the whole story so it was a fun again just a fun novel to write a lot of the stuff i write is just like fun novels nothing too too serious especially that one that one is just full of blood and guts and monster just good old good old splatter punk good old splattery fun (laughs) And uh, so, and and one I haven't read yet, but uh, I think I got a I grabbed a Kindle copy the other day, and I actually had I think I got a signed copy from you a while back when you had your little your little sale. But mm. uh, tell me tell me about sixty nine, <laughs> and 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 not not the position. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's very forward of you. Um, I know we just met. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so 69 is a cosmic horror novel. Uh, it's about the, uh, CDC investigating, um, a mysterious dis- outbreak, I guess you could call it, uh, at a, um, at a, like a group home for people with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so basically anyone who's 69 years of age has basically died, but their bodies are still alive and they're kind of like frozen in this state where they can't move. And uh, like nobody can move them. You can't move their limbs or anything. They're just kind of frozen. And uh, yeah, the CDC is basically there to investigate it. And when they do, they kind of find some, um, well, some cosmic heart stuff going on. (laughs) And uh, all hell breaks loose, so... It's always nice when hell breaks loose. That's yeah. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I feel I feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, I mean, I, I know you've had you've had I feel like several releases like in the past couple of years. Like you're kind of turning them out fairly yeah, quickly. It's been, it's been weird. I mean, it hasn't. It doesn't always work out. Like for example, I wrote Dead Daughters like four years ago, and it's just coming out now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, limbs I wrote and it, it was out in like less than six months. So it's just weird how things sometimes come out. And when you work with um, publishers, you don't always get to choose when they come out. Right. Um, so, yeah, like last year, I think I had five different things come out. Um, some of them were like right on top of each other, too. Yeah. Uh, like I think limbs came out and then a book I wrote with, uh, Patrick Lacey, um, a book we co-wrote together, Lords of the Deep came out like two weeks after, I think. So 
it was just like it's just weird how how that stuff kind of kind of comes out right and you and you tend to i guess you you get books published by like different presses and so i guess that's kind of how it leads to the super quick turnarounds at least at least in, in our eyes is seeing like books being published out grand you could have written these years ago like you were talking right about, yeah uh, yeah sometimes yeah sometimes it's just it happens that way um a book that you know you wrote two or three years ago it's coming out at the same time a book that you wrote one year ago it all really depends and i like to work with different presses mm-hmm. and spread it around um especially in the small press where uh like at any point they could fold and go, go under. So I was always told early on to kind of spread, uh, my stuff around that way. I don't get like one day all my books could be gone type of thing. If, if one of these presses fold and all your books are with them. So, right. So I like spreading around. I also like just working with different people and, um, I'm big in like just gaining experience in this. So I feel like I learn a little bit, more working with different presses on how everything works. Uh, And then I like, I also like controlling a lot of my own stuff. So I also do some self-published stuff like 69. I put out through like my own little press. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, I'd never heard of evil, evil epic press. So (laughs) that's, that's like my little, uh, my little press. It's my little secret. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Don't tell anybody, even though it's on a podcast. You know, it's on a podcast and everybody's (laughs) listening. Don't tell him. I say yeah, because uh, like Sinister Grin and and Poltergeist and Shamrock, like they've they've been putting out pretty, like really, like I say pretty good, really good content, but pretty consistently. Yeah, uh, at least especially here in the past like year or two, um, and uh, like like Poltergeist like now has me like on a email basis where they're like, here's a new release. Here's a new release. And that's how oh, dead yeah. daughters. They're just like, Hey, you'll like this here. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and silver shamrocks the same way. They're just like, just putting it into our hands and just like begging us, you know, for the chance to, to, to get our eyes on it and stuff. And it's, and it's kind of awesome because it, it generally tends out to be really, you know, it turns out to be really good. So yeah, those are like two of my, uh, my favorite up and coming presses. Um, Paul, obviously poltergeist and uh silver shamrock's doing great things too so yeah and they're doing a lot of uh a lot of like marketing on social media especially like instagram and twitter um mm. and they're you know doing it doing it in a way where they're not just like posting the book cover like they're doing uh you know little almost uh i guess like advertisements with their books like in and giving you know like the dates and blurbs and all kinds of stuff and, and, and really kind of boosting it as much as possible. Kind of, kind of the way like some of the bigger publishers like orbit is doing for like fantasy and science fiction, which mm. is like constantly bombarding you with like news, <laughs> which, yeah. which honestly in publishing, like is really good because there's so many books being published and you tend to kind of trickle down to the ones you see the most. Um, and so, you know, especially like on Instagram, cause I follow, Poltergeist and Silver Shamrock that I see a lot of their posts and I'm just like, okay, I'm, I, I see you guys with your, with your, you know, one to two to three books a month. And <laughs> yeah. And, and having, having read a couple from both, you know, I, I know that I'm going to get, you know, pretty good stuff uh, out of it. So, um, so yeah, so talk about Poltergeist. So dead daughters, uh, which, which comes out on April 16th. Uh, I was lucky enough to get the chance to get it. And I think I read it like the day after I got it. 
uh, oh, wow. Grand River a weekend. Um, and uh, it was it was fantastic. It, I had actually kind of done a semi blurb on Twitter, like I guess the, the 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 day I did half of the read, and was kind of comparing it to uh, like a CJ Tudor Keelan Patrick Burke mashup. Mm. Um, and it's a very twisty thriller that's definitely got some horror elements in it and it kind of lends to what you're talking about kind of do like a, a a genre blur in your books um, yeah but for the for the people who you know maybe have, have read my review but kind of want to know some more about it or even the ones that are kind of wondering you know a little bit about it could you tell us about dead daughters and what we can expect yeah so um basically it's about a father who uh, gets a strange letter or an envelope in the mail, a blank envelope. And when he opens it up, there's a picture of his daughter. She's dead. She's mutilated, uh, which he thinks is impossible because he just put her to bed like 10 minutes ago. And uh, so that kind of sparks a uh, curiosity. The police get involved and uh, some other strange occurrences happen over the course of the next few days and um, it just kind of sends them down this, this spiraling effect. And um, like you said, it's very like twisty and turny, uh, it, but I, I would consider it more of like a thriller or like a psychological thriller than like a true horror novel. Um, but there's definitely, there's definitely the splatter in there for those who like the splatter. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I think the the reason I was able to to get through so fast is it's kind of one of those that you just you were constantly wanting to know what's happening next, mm. and and you do a really great job of kind of like hooking you super early on because you you meet this family and they seem like the perfect family and then you know you were talking about that he gets this photograph in the mail and it I mean it just snowballs super quick yeah. uh, from that point on and you are just you know you're just like all right flipping pages, you know, just trying to do this thing and trying to figure out how it ends. And, uh, and, and I love books like that, that just kind of take you on a trip and yeah. you just, you have to finish it and devour it and, and find out, you know, what the truth is. <laughs> yeah. That, that was definitely the intent when I was writing it. Um, I was, a am a fairly big Linwood Barkley fan. I don't know if you've ever read any of his novels. Yeah, I haven't. I've got a couple, but I've, uh, I've been meaning to get to it, but I've, I've seen, uh, he's had a, a couple, I guess, release here, the here pretty recently, but yeah, I've been meaning to get to, I think elevator pitch maybe was one of his last ones. Yes. Um, never look away is a really good one. Um, he's got a few that, that are, that are kind of like that. They're just novels that like very, um, you know, basic family, you think everything is fine and then something happens and then you're just, you're sent down like this, this spiraling effect and every, very twisty and turny. And like, that was kind of my, um, inspiration, I guess, for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think I took like a, at some point I took like a really dark turn and it, it kind of veered off in, into more of the horror aspect. Um, but yeah, it was fun to write. Like I said, I, I wrote it almost four years ago. I think I started writing it in 2016 mm-hmm. and um, it went through like several uh, drafts. So typically when I, when I write um, I'll do like a rough draft, then I'll do a, like a revision or two. And then I'll do like the second draft, which is typically the, my final draft. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, this one I ended up doing like four full drafts on it um, just because I wanted to get like the story down pat and uh, make those twists and turns make sense. And I wanted it. I, I really took my time with this one. I gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of interesting knowing that you wrote it, you know, four years ago. Because and and still being fairly new to to your writing, you know, I've only read a couple of your stories, but I feel like it's, it's your best one yet. Um, oh, because I feel like it's it's you know, you you pretty much incorporate everything that you've done kind of up to this point. I mean, you've got your your twists and turns, you've got your little bit of splatterpunk in there, and you've got your horror elements and. Um, I mean, you kind of, you, you know, you wrap it up in a nice bloody boat, you know, at the end. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of people are, are, are probably going to say the same thing once they finally get around to it. So, well, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fantastic. Well, so, so tell me about anything that you've read lately or are there any authors or books you'd recommend to the audience? Oof. Um, there are so many, um, <laughs> Don't feel like you have to name them all because I know I put you on the spot with that one. Yeah, you totally did. Um, I'm trying to think of what I read recently. Um, you know, it's not a, a book book per se. It's a graphic novel series. But um, I went and reread Lock and Key because oh. the Netflix series just came out. Yeah. Uh, and I love that comic book series so much. It's so genius. Um if you're just even if you're not a huge fan of graphic novels, um, but you're into like horror and kind of uh, like dark fantasy, mm-hmm. um, like contemporary dark fantasy, uh, it's oh so good, it's so rewarding. And um, I watched the show. I don't know. Did you watch the show? I did. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I like yeah. it. You know, it, like it, like a, like a surface level. But yeah, it's very different from the comic. Yeah, it just doesn't do the graphic novel service at all. Um, no. in my opinion, it's very YA feeling. But yes. I, I do like the that they like really incorporate the keys and everything. But I feel like the horror element is just it's so subtle. Yes, uh, I agree. But I I still really liked it. <laughs> I uh, I still enjoyed it for what yeah. it was. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I reread that recently, and. Uh, had a lot of fun with it um i'm reading some like uh arcs things i i don't know if i can even talk about um so i'm not going to but oh <laughs> <laughs> could you at least say the authors who's who's arcs you're reading um i'm reading an arc of a michael patrick hicks novel which is i'm reading that pretty- one as well oh okay so, <laughs> yeah yeah the same well, Holly, the second one Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm reading that. It's very good. He's a very talented writer. He is. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's a good, he's a good friend of mine, like social media wise, but we've, we've known each other for quite a while. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, so, I'm going through my Goodreads real quick. Um, <laughs> I also read an arc of, uh, Todd Keesling's new novel that's coming out from, uh, Silver Shamrock in a okay. few months, uh, Devil's Creek, which is excellent. Um, also recommend that. And I reread, um, Legion, which is the sequel to the exorcist. Um, I listened to that on audiobook, Uh and they did a great job with that. 
I gotcha. So do you uh, do you do a lot of audiobooks? And I, I kind of like rotate back and forth. Um, I like to listen to audiobooks when I work out. Um, that's usually when I listen to audiobooks, or if I'm at work, and um, sometimes they put me on overnights for like an entire week, and I can burn through like six audiobooks in one week. It's awesome. Wow. Um. So. Yeah, um, I do like audiobooks, but like if I'm I'm around the house and uh, or I'm out, I'll have a, a paperback or uh, my Kindle with me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I do audiobooks probably probably more than than my Kindle um, or paperbacks. Like I, I, you know, I've got so many like paperbacks and hardcovers that I like rarely crack one open because yeah, I'm, I'm one of those like collectors that it has to be in tip-top shape you know yeah um, i hear you but like audiobooks are like my drive to and from work while i'm at work if, if i can if i can focus on it and my work uh which it's about 75 25 depending on like how busy i am and then uh, i'll listen to them like while i'm around the house doing stuff but if my wife's home, no, it's uh, it's game over. I, I, I can't have headphones in at that point. So yeah, um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and, um, then, and then the Kindle, I, the Kindle's kind of safe for like bedtime. Yeah, I uh, I also find like um, this, this is just probably a weird thing that I do. Uh, different genres, like I feel like, are better on audiobook. Like fantasy, um, I don't read a whole lot of fantasy but um when i do it's usually an audiobook i don't know why that is maybe it's i don't know i don't know why i just i feel like fantasy is better on an audio platform yeah um than like uh like horror i don't listen to a whole lot of horror books on audio i like to read horror books mm -hmm. um but like thrillers i'll uh, do the audiobook like literary fiction I prefer the audiobook and fantasy. I prefer to listen to on audio. Yeah, I can I can see uh, about fantasy, and usually usually it's the narrator that kind of gets me uh, as far as fantasy audiobooks go. Like uh, like just take for instance like Joe Abercrombie's First Law trilogy. Um, it's just that's like all I know is Stephen Piercy's narration in that, and it's mm. just so good. Like he brings the characters to life. Where like if you're reading the book, you can kind of get an idea. Um, and that, I think that all kind of started when I listened to Jim Dale doing the Harry Potter books when I was growing up. Okay. Uh, he, he just, he came into it giving complete voice to all the characters. And I feel like when they cast the movies, they like went in and listened to his books and they're like, all right, we need to get somebody that sounds exactly like that. <laughs> um, and I think that kind of started my love for audiobooks, even though it wasn't like huge until I guess maybe a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I could be wrong. I mean, Audible could have been huge before I even said it was. But I feel like audiobooks have kind of become more of a norm over the past, say, five, seven years, maybe. I think they've definitely blown up. I mean, they've been around for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they have, like, grown in popularity. I would say that's that's pretty accurate over the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I like listening to thrillers um, because I feel like I can – I can get through those a lot quicker than reading them. Granted, if, if I'm reading a good one, I I'm pretty quick at skimming pages. Cause I, I, I get the gist of the story and I'm still just like trying to get to the end. Right. But you know, I, I can put those on like, you know, two or 2.5 times on the, you know, audiobook and just like blow through them in like three or four hours. 
I was just going to ask you if you uh, you turned up the speed because oh, yeah. I, I did the same thing. Oh yeah, man! I can't listen to a one. I feel like I'm like drowning in quicksand. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it depends on the narrator too. But yeah. yeah, like sometimes it's just so slow. Yeah, I mean, you know, if if you if you ever listen to like the Game of Thrones audiobooks with Roy Trees, which he's fantastic, <laughs> but I like I have to listen to his at like two point five. Oh yeah, um, um, I'm listening to uh, Stormlight Archives right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm like at a two, even though they switched now. Have you ever listened to that one? I haven't. And a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably going to mad at me for saying I haven't read Sanderson, but <laughs> um, I, I think it's awesome. Um, and like I said, I'm not a huge fantasy guy, but, uh, I'm like, I'm ups- kind of obsessed with it. right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it's probably good timing because, you know, book four comes out this year. So yeah, so that's what I'm kind of hoping for. I'm in like, I just started to, um, yesterday so um but yeah it's good and uh, there's two narrators there's a a woman and a a man and um it's weird like i listen to it like a two and uh they both are about the same speed so i don't have to like keep going back and forth switching yeah i've I've had it before i've had to i've had to like slow it down for if, if it's a dual narrator thing like uh like sometimes especially uh, depending on like the accent, uh, sometimes yeah. I have to do like a, like a one and a half, maybe, maybe 1.75 if I'm feeling risky, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I typically I'm at like a two for, for most things, unless it's one where I've gotten through say an hour and I can't quite remember what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go back and go, okay, let's, let's try this again. We'll slow the speed down see if I get through it. Like, Unfortunately, I've had to do that with The Boatman's Daughter by Andy Davidson. It's a mm. fantastic novel. But I think my issue is I'm trying to listen to it while I'm at work. And his prose is like so eloquent that yeah. I just miss it sometimes. Like I did the same thing within The Valley of the Sun. That like the, the story is very straightforward. But something about it, like I just miss points. And I'm like – where did that come from? And so I've actually come back through that. I think I've actually ended up reading it like three times. Oh, wow. Uh, just over the course of like the past few days, which I, which I'm finishing it tonight. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And then, you know, I'll read a book and it's kind of the same thing. Like I'll read it so quickly that I kind of missed the beginning, but I'll still remember everything where, when it actually picks up and so forth. So I feel like I'm still good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I love audiobooks. That's, that's probably my main, my main like entertain, like form of entertainment, especially like, like you know, when it comes to books. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's what allows me to get through so many in a year. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, that helps. If it was, if it was all paperbacks and Kindle, man, I maybe 25 or 30 a year, maybe. Yeah. I read about, I think I read like 65 books last year. Uh, but that's also like counting graphic novels and uh novellas and stuff so yeah um the what i said they still count yeah they still count so <laughs> i think that's pretty good yeah yeah i mean it's it's like i i put i put my uh my like challenge at like 250 this year because Ooh, i'm planning on shit. reading a ton of well my wife and i are having a baby in june so i'm t- planning mm-hmm. on t- reading a ton of like kids books so you know like nine to 14 pages and so yes. I like I have it in there for those because I'm starting to read some before she gets here just to see if I'm like, do I even like this story? Will she like this story? I mean, I know she's a baby, but you know, yeah. she'll remember some of it, you know. So 
So yeah, so I'm, I'm like, let's do 250. That way I can get my comics out of the way too. Cause I, I've got like a lot of uh, like images, like backlog that I just haven't gotten to. Like I've read half of Saga and I need to read the second half. And Yeah, I'm um, about halfway through Saga too. Yeah, and it, it is fantastic. I just haven't picked oh, it love back it. up. Uh, like I, I finished, and I finished uh, Descender, I think last year, and, and Ascender, I think is like an issue nine now, and I've got to catch up on it. And Deadly Class, and there's so many from Image. And I, I just yeah. finished The Walking Dead, you know, a few months ago, so uh it's it's crazy so yes i i have to i have to book my challenge up that much because if i i I feel like if i go over whatever i put it at and i'm like still going it's like halfway through the year i'm like maybe i made this too easy myself i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i just i try to get through as much as i can because i get you know like with with the blog kind of being as it is and i've got you know five other bloggers on there now it's just like the, the amount of review requests that come in are just insane Oh, and, I, and I can like, only imagine right, how how can we divvy these out and and so forth. So I I try to I try to get them as, as much as I can, but I'm honestly the only one that really does horror and thrillers. And so I've started doing more of those in the fantasy and science fiction here lately, mm. just to give give more of a you know broad range to the reviews that come up. So, um, but yeah, and then uh, in, in 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 other news, I've actually I've reached out to Keelan Patrick Burke about doing a banner for my blog. Uh, Cause oh, he does nice. such great cover cover uh, book covers and so forth. So I've, mm-hmm. I've uh, asked for his, his help in doing that. So he should be working on it here pretty soon. So I'm interested to see what he comes up with. He does great work. So he really does. Yeah, he really does. Um, he just, he hasn't really done anything with like science fiction and fantasy. So I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to see what he comes up with. <laughs> uh because he's he's like all right this is my idea and okay okay go with it Let, let's see what you come up with so um so, but yeah I, I think it's gonna be awesome he, and he's a great guy so yeah he's great um so tell me so what are you what are you working on now so so dead daughters coming out in april what 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 can we look for next oh what do we got um i have oh currently working on a, another collaboration with uh a good writer friend of mine um, can't say who yet. Uh, I'm going to be vague. Tease. <laughs> I, I haven't run by him yet to announce anything publicly. Okay. Uh, so we're kind of like keeping the lid on it. But um, yeah, so I'm working on that. We're like a little bit more than halfway through. I think, I think it's going to end up being like a short novel. Um, so we'll probably be announcing it within a month or two. Um if everything goes according to plan, uh, I have a Patreon that I do a, a novel on there. Uh, it's like a serialized novel. That's also sort of, um, like choose your own adventure, but with like a hive mind. So I'll get to a stopping point and then all of my Patreons can kind of vote on the, uh, the character's decisions throughout the story. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, I'm nearing the end of it though. So, <laughs> Um, unfortunately, if you're looking to hop onto that, you're, you're kind of too late, but, uh, I will put the book out in paperback at some point this year. Um, so at least you'll get to, to read it. That's called the paradise club. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I think I saw something about that maybe on your social media at one point in time. So maybe, yeah, I, I haven't really done a lot of promoting on it. It's kind of like a, it's like a secret. 
it's like a secret club <laughs> that, that that only a few are a part of <laughs> yes only a few uh but no that's fun I, I have fun uh interacting with the patreons on there and and seeing what they choose to do to some of these characters these poor characters um so yeah, I'm working on that. And then uh, I finished a really big novel at the end of last year that I'm currently shopping uh, to publishers. Um, and that's called Malignant Summer. Okay. So this is like bigger than that first book that I wrote. It's uh, a little over 200,000 words. Um, and it's a horror novel. It's a coming of age horror novel set in a fictionalized version of my hometown of Tom's river, uh, in the nineties. And, um, so kind of based on a true story, uh, or I should say it's inspired by a true story. So, um, Tom's river in the nineties had a, a really bad problem with, uh, kids getting sick from cancer because we had a local chemical company that was uh, dumping chemicals into the ground and it was getting in our water supply. So um, like a lot of kids got really sick. So I'm kind of basing it on like a fictionalized version of that. Um, And it's also just going to be like a supernatural horror uh, story. So uh, I'm really proud of that novel. It's big. It's uh, it's fun and it gets a little weird at times. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for whenever that comes out. I have no idea if I had to guess if I could find a publisher, maybe early 2021, um, that would come out. So, but those are like the three things that, uh, I'm kind of working on right now. So, so I guess that's going to be like your, uh, your boy's life or your, or your, your wanderers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, like, for coming of age novels, it is like my favorite novel of all time. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like that boy's life and, uh, I don't know, maybe like nightmare on Elm street kind of all, all combined to one. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to be like hitting you up, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that sounds I'm, awesome. I'm so, I'm so excited for that one. <laughs> Well, fantastic. Well, man, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the podcast and uh, and and sharing sharing your love of books with me and, and with the audience. I know uh, I, I've loved the the books that I read for you uh, by you so far, including Dead Daughters, which, like I said, guys, comes out on April sixteenth uh, from Poltergeist Press. And uh, if you guys want to follow uh, Tim on social media, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Tim M Meyer eleven. Uh, and you can also find his WordPress website. It's timmeyerwrites.com. Um, but Tim, again, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, let's do this again. Maybe uh, maybe once that novel gets shopped. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. It was awesome. Absolutely. And uh, next time, we'll uh, maybe we'll have some more beers to chat about. Yes. Maybe we'll drink beers while we're doing the podcast. Yes, just so see absolutely. how crazy we can get. <laughs> absolutely we could just talk about anything and everything it doesn't have to yeah. be about books right <laughs> it'll be like four hour podcast it'll be great <laughs> sounds great man well you have a good one all right you too thanks hope you guys enjoyed my chat with author tim meyer stay tuned this weekend when i chat with fantasy author matthew ward about his orbit books debut legacy of ash also next week i'll be chatting with two authors uh, in the fantasy realm one is christian cameron and also Teresa Frohawk. So uh, tons of great fantasy worlds to talk about. And I hope you guys will come and enjoy those. Thanks again.